0: It's so beautiful that they remind us that in a world that we want everything so instant uh, and if something goes wrong, I can say it's usually my, uh, about myself. I am like that too. Then I'm like, oh my God, no. So it's not working, right? But, uh, but then maybe they're going to surprise us and they're going to get better. And maybe it's not, it's not about us. Maybe it's about the sunlight or something else, right? So I think it's so much fun to actually learn that with them, to be patient, to be observant. And just go day by day, and it's okay if it's not thriving. It's okay because it's another opportunity
1: to learn from them. You have more power over your health than what you've been told. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast, and I'm your host, Maya Acosta. I'm passionate about finding healthy lifestyle solutions to support optimal human health. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase longevity in a big way. Let's get started. Indoor plants add beauty to our homes. They are so therapeutic and can help reduce stress levels, but not all of us have a green thumb. This is why Lucia Gonzalez is here to teach us the basics of houseplants. As a YouTube creator of her channel, Plants and Lucia, she has designed a sort of classroom for her viewers to learn simple techniques for caring for houseplants. As always, you can find the full bio and the links for each of the guests at our podcast website, healthylifestylesolutions.org.
0: Hi, yeah, it's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited
1: to talk to you and to your listeners. I hope my listeners uh, really learn a lot from you. And I like in the introduction where you talk about, you know, that you also help new plant parents. And so we were chatting for a little bit about my experience with plants. um, And we're going to talk about that. I'd love to share with you how much I love plants, um, how much I want to learn how to better care for my plants. We'll talk about um, how you have a guide to support people in terms of getting started and we're going to talk about your youtube channel and all the different things that you provide so i think that um my listeners are really going to love um learning from you before we start with all of that tell us where you are at today well today yeah i am in berlin i live here
0: uh since i think uh, we moved here five years ago uh i'm mexican so i'm also Latina. <laughs> And, uh, when I was 15, my family moved to Canada. So, and right now I'm actually Mexican Canadian. And then I moved here to Berlin. So yeah, right now I'm at my house and yep. I, I live here in Germany now.
1: That is awesome that we're speaking with this time difference. So like right now for me, it's one o'clock, it's 8 p.m. for you. Um, I was just talking about how beautiful the day is, and I I took my dog out for a walk just to get him to enjoy. He's a very outdoorsy uh, dog. And uh, so I'm enjoying the sunshine. And you're saying that uh, recently you've had very dark days in Berlin.
0: Yeah, I mean, this week was really dark, but it was nice to hear that you had a sunny day today because we also had a sunny day today. So in a way, we're kind of connected that way, even though we're very far, yeah, we both had like a nice day today. So we also went for a walk and it was really nice. Yeah, it really makes a difference. I think just like with our plants it
1: also makes a difference with us when we have some sunlight. So, yeah, that's right. That's why I feel like I'm a plant. And we're going to talk about that. (laughs) But so I haven't shared a lot with my listeners, but I will for the month of May. I'm going to share a little bit of my history as a Mexicana, as a Mexican. But I migrated here uh, to the States at a young age when I was about seven, although my mother was born here in the States. So it's a very complicated story. So, a lot of times when it comes to labels, when I was growing up I identified very much as a Mexican, but as you become come part of the custom and the culture here, then you become more like Mexican American, at least for me. You said Mexican Canadian. So were you in Mexico up to the age of fifteen?
0: Yes. So I grew up in Mexico I was born in Monterrey, so in the north of Mexico. Then we moved to Guadalajara, so that's in the yes. center. And then when I was 15, we moved to Canada and I can, comp- I, I agree with you. Actually, for me, it was the same. I had an ide- an identity crisis because in Canada, I was very Mexican, but then we went to Mexico, I was Canadian. <laughs> and now that we're in Berlin, it's like another, <laughs> another identity. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a process that you kind of find yourself. And then at least for me, I see myself as a terrestrial in a way, like a, an, person that belongs to the earth and yeah it's it, I thought that when I moved to Canada I thought it's subs- I felt that part of me was uh gone like my Mexican self was gone but then I learned that it was not like that it was just another part of me was coming like now I had another identity and then it multiplies in a way which I think is really beautiful so yeah and now I think that it's Absolutely. so nice to talk to you and we share so much in common right even though our, our stories are a little bit different. I think
1: we share so much. And that's, I think, is really beautiful. I love it when I see people that relocate to other places because it's a fantasy of mine. Like um, my parents relocated here. I've been in the States my entire life, although I have traveled. But it's always been a fantasy of mine to be an expat, to like live somewhere else, you know. And I was almost, I almost lived in Costa Rica because I love that place. Um, but then I met my husband and I stayed here. So <laughs> so I'm here. <laughs> okay, Lucia. So I I wanted you to come on the show to talk to us about plants. Um, because I love plants so much, um, I feel that especially with some of the so many of the limitations that we've had over the last two years, um, many of us did not get out. Perhaps or didn't have hobbies. Uh, so I, I think that the way that you show your love for plants and your caring for plants on your YouTube channel is such a great way to inspire people to care for plants and bring them in their home. So I'm going to just show the, the listeners. If you're only listening, you might not see the plant, but I was showing Lucia earlier that I picked up this little plant. <laughs> it's a little plant. I don't even know what it is. He's in a cute little, um, container of like a little boy. And I brought him because I was thinking of Lucia when I was at Trader Joe's. I saw this and I immediately thought of Lucia and I picked him up and I said, "Okay, we are going to care for our plants in this household. And hopefully I will learn from Lucia a little bit more. I've also joined your book club and we can uh, talk more to our listeners about all the things that you offer. But let's start from the beginning. The first question that I have is, if you happen to know, how many plants do you have in your home?
0: Um yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um I think I counted them last year and it was almost a hundred. But I think right now we may have more than a hundred. <laughs> that sounds kind of crazy, but yeah. Oh my I think, god. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I'm gonna oh I'm gonna god, count them incredible. and maybe later I can tell you.
1: <laughs> I think even if it's just an estimate of a hundred, oh my goodness, how do you care for you must have like a really nice routine by now. Um and uh, I also saw a video where you were uh, answering frequently asked questions, and one of the questions that you addressed, one of the comments from a viewer was, "I think all you do is water plants every day. That's all you do." That was a common <laughs> assumption, actually.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think. Sometimes, because it's so many, I have to have maybe a day for actually plant care, and then I just say, okay, that day is going to be for my plants, and sometimes it takes hours. I mean, I love it. I love taking care for them, but yeah, it takes a long time for sure.
1: Let's start from the beginning in terms of your love for plants. I would love to know... and i wonder if there is any any tie to mexico because where i'm from my family loves the garden and they grow fruit trees um in mexico city where my family's at so where did this love for plants come from yeah um that's a that's a very good
0: question because i know actually i, I talk to other mexican people and they tell me that uh gardening was part of their like what their family did and things like this in my case, I grew up in a, in a big city in Mexico, so we didn't have so many plants in my house. It was not something that I was uh, looking around me or anything like this. Uh, but I really like the way that you talk about forest bathing. I didn't know about this concept before, but when I came to Berlin, I, I was in this job. It was an international organization. It was a, a very busy job and uh it sounded very good on the outside but for me i was not happy there and i was just very stressed i didn't like what i was doing the one thing that really helped me to feel calm and centered was actually going to the forest and hiking there and just being surrounded by nature so i remember thinking you know what i want to bring more of that to my daily life and that's when i started thinking maybe bringing plants to my house And I have a very (laughs) interesting story because I remember when I started thinking, well, I started taking care of plants and then I, I was thinking maybe I can make a YouTube channel to share with people about plants. But it seemed kind of random to me because I didn't have a history with plants. And I thought, okay, but why? Why? Why am I so drawn to them? Now I can tell you that after years of taking care of them, even though I was not conscious about it, plants were always in my life, right? Because we wouldn't be alive without them. But I was just not conscious about it. But one thing that was really nice, that now that you ask me about my family, is that one day when I was deciding whether I was going to do the YouTube channel or not with plants, and I felt really lost, I didn't find any connection in the beginning. And then uh, that day I was in my parents' house, and I looked up, and I actually found this book I wanted to show you. Uh, It's called Un Jardín Dentro de Casa. It's from the 70s. And I remember that this was a, my grandmother's book because I saw it in her house. My grandmother had passed away by that time, and it was like she was talking to me because then I remember that my grandmother actually had many plants in her house. Yeah, and oh, uh, I don't want to get emotional, but it was. Uh, It was so beautiful. It was like she was telling me, you know what? Yeah, maybe this is why you're drawn to them. And now every time, actually, when I take care of my plants, when I have a question, I actually look at this book and it's so cool because I know that she also learned with this book. And now that I also talk to my viewers or the community, they also tell me that they learn about plants from their mothers or their parents or grandparents. And it's something that goes through the generations. So I think it's so beautiful. But yeah, that's the story.
1: That's a beautiful story. I really felt that like such a beautiful connection. Um, And to think that you can still reference a book from the 1970s. That means that there's been a lot of wisdom when it comes to caring for plants for quite a while. And that your grandmother kind of influenced you indirectly this way later on. Um, after she had crossed over. That's beautiful. I love that. So are you saying then that you really weren't bringing plants into your home when you lived in, say, Canada um, and maybe Mexico, Canada, but it was in Berlin. That's when you decided uh, to bring the forest and nature into your home. That's when you started.
0: Yes. And, you know, it's so special for me because um, this is something that I, learned also with my partner he comes from the czech republic so in the before the 90s it was czechoslovakia and one thing that was really close to the culture there was that they have their own gardens it's like mini gardens that they have and they also really love to go hiking and they're super close to the mountains so with him i learned that we will go to the mountains and in czech republic you can find wild berries like strawberries or blueberries And then they just eat it from the forest. And to me, it was like, oh, wow. But then they actually taste really nice, right? Because they're right from the earth. So yeah, I learned from that. I learned that from my partner. And I think he's so nice. And that's why sometimes I really like to, I, I actually really like to travel and get to know other cultures because then you get to see other things that maybe they were not part of your life. And then, yeah, then you discover that they were actually part of your life. You were just
1: not aware of it. Exactly. That's what I love about traveling and meeting people with different backgrounds and cultures. I agree with you too. Both of my parents, but really my mother was the one that started adding plants once we lo- relocated here. And I was living in Arizona at the time, which is so sunny. And I think very, um, now that, you know, I'm learning from you about lighting and windows, uh, where they're positioned. Um, I think that maybe where we lived, really helped those plants and supported those plants. I have a photo of um, when we had a banana tree, uh, when it was like shorter than myself. And then suddenly, you know, we had it for quite a while and it was taller than me and then myself and my mother would always care for her plants regularly. And and it felt like we were in a jungle or a garden. And I really I think that's where my love for plants came. And then I met my husband. And now we created a little artificial kind of garden indoors because we don't have the land to grow on soil. So we started a hydroponic Uh, system. And so we were growing peppers and tomatoes and all sorts of microgreens. Where should we start about caring for plants? Let's say like I'm going to be think of me as a new person who loves plants, but I can't seem to keep them alive. The only thing I can keep alive are ivies and uh, the ivy. Because they are simple. You just keep them in water. And I love to um, have them travel around like in my kitchen or certain areas where I, I know they can thrive. But I don't always know about lighting. Like, where do I have my plants? So what are some common tips that you give for people that are new to this way of caring for plants? Yeah, that's a very
0: good question. Um, most of the community that in Plants Musia are plant beginners. So I always talk about, they always ask me, for example, what is a very easy plant, right? But what I what I tell them with plants is that there is not one answer. There's <laughs> not like an instant answer. But one thing that is really cool about them is that you can choose a plant that is the best one for you. So for example, how do you do that? Um, you look at the environmental conditions that you have in your house. For example, you see, okay. I get a lot of sunlight. I have a big window that goes to this like a south-facing window, for example. If you live in the northern hemisphere, south-facing windows are going to get the most amount of sun, of oh, sorry, the most amount of sunlight. And also, yeah, you're going to have long days there. So that but as opposed to, for example, north-facing windows that like you're not going to have so much sunlight there. So when you start understanding these things in your house, how much light do you get? How, what about the, the air, for example, in the house? If you use AC or heating systems, then the air is going to be a little bit drier. And then you you see, okay, so then maybe I have to put something that is going to increase the humidity. When you understand these things, what you can offer your plant, then maybe then you can go to the plant shop and see, okay, which plant is going to be good for what I can offer them? If you get a lot of light, then maybe a succulent or a cacti. If you get like less light, maybe a potus or a set-set plant. So it's all about understanding what we can offer them, and then we're going to find the perfect plant for us. Because, for example, right now you said that the ivy is very good for you. I know that for me, they never survive here because we cannot get the conditions for them. <laughs> but... Uh, But yeah, I mean, of course, there are plants that are more adaptable. Like if you look at the set set plant or the potos are very adaptable. But then you can also get other plants that for some people may be very difficult, but maybe for you, because of the conditions you have in your home, they actually may
1: work better for you. And I think that's really interesting. I like that answer because um, your approach is um, sustainable, realistic. If I start with too many of a wide variety, I feel overwhelmed, like um, Home Depot has their garden um, right next door. And so I I often wonder, are those the type of plants that thrive in my area? And is that why they provide them? Um, And is it also that some are designed to be more outdoor plants as opposed to indoor plants? So I have all these questions and i don't expect you to give us all the answers i'm sort of just sharing with you where i am in terms of my plant experience but i really have found that i just love the presence of plants and so i need to start small and <laughs> basic that's a very good point yeah i think I, right now when
0: i look at the plant community in social media for example instagram or youtube or facebook Sometimes, yeah, what we hear is, oh, yeah, more plants is better, right? Like, how many plants do you have? Like, oh, yeah, bigger collection. But I think you're right. I think it's better to, or at least for me, I would recommend that we always start with one plant. And I think it's so beautiful because then you can build a relationship with that plant. Instead of quantity, you have a quality relationship. And then you understand how it works. And then you go step by step. And I think that's the beauty of having a plant, right? Like actually building a relationship with them. But yeah, that, that that would say that that would be a very good, a very good way to start with the plants, just with one, and then see how I go step by step. <laughs>
1: I wanted to know what are some common questions that your followers or people in your club ask. And one of them was like, how do we start? Which plants do we start with? And you mentioned something that I've had in the past, which are the succulents. And those are easier to care for. And even like air plants, because they just kind of sit there and they only need a couple of drops of water here and there, right? Yeah, um,
0: yeah. in my experience, yeah, air plants are really good to start with <laughs> because then, yeah, you, you just have to water them, that's it. You don't have to worry about the soil or pest in the soil because they don't have soil, so that's amazing. Um, other easy plants that I would recommend is the set set plant, which is the, um, the uh, Samiokulca samifolia. And then the golden potos, that's another one that is really good. And what I love about that one is also that, first of all, it's really adaptable, and then second of all, it's super easy to propagate, which means that you cut one part of the of the plant and then you put it in water or in soil, and then you get a second plant that you can have for yourself or to share with friends. So I think that's really, really nice. Um, yeah, I think those two are very adaptable. But then again, other plants can work for you, right? It just depends on the environment that you have. Um So, yeah, because, um, for example, here in Berlin, succulents are not so uh, popular because in the winter we don't get so much light. But if you live in a place where you have more light, then succulents are going to be very good for you. So, yeah, I would say that, that, that that is very important, that we know the environmental conditions where we live and then see which plants
1: are good for those conditions. Let's talk about a couple of terms that you've mentioned. What are cuttings? What is propagation?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a very good question. And also very good because I think propagation is one of the, I think is so fun to do. <laughs> so I think it's really nice. I think it's one of the, my favorite things about caring for plants. But yeah, okay. So propagation means that you can have a plant and then from that plant, you get a second plant. There are different types of propagation. So one can be uh, by cutting. So this tends to be for plants that are like longer plants. For example, I have one here. Let me show you this one here. Uh, This is a Tradescantia. And as you can see, it's really long. I I mean, the people that are watching the video. So all you need to do here is you just cut it here and then you just put it in water or in soil and then you're going to have a second plant because it's going to grow the roots either in the water or in the soil. So that can be one way to propagate a plant. There are different ways, and these methods depend on the plant that you have. So another way to propagate different types of plant is by division. So the way that it works is you have a plant, and then you actually cut it all the way to the root, so all the way down. So you basically cut it in half, for example. So from one plant, you can have two plants or three plants, depending on how you cut it. Um so for this ones, you can do this message can be good for uh the peace lilies or some calatheas or some ferns even,
1: so the asparagus fern for example. You did a video um where you went to a local shop and oh I, actually was this in Canada where you went to the store to where they trade plants or it was in yes. Canada, right? This was in Toronto, okay. Canada, yes. <laughs> Tell us about that experience because I'm wondering, um, I don't know of a place like that in Dallas, but I'm I'm sure that there are like meetup groups and Facebook groups that are local where uh, people who love plants and have green thumbs, you know, trade uh, cuttings and that way they, it, they can expand um, the variety that they have the variety of plants that they have at home. So now you went to this place, and I forgot the name of it, but if you could tell us about that.
0: Yes, so this is a plant shop in Toronto. It's called the Crazy Plant Shop. And the owner is actually another content creator on YouTube, is the Crazy Plant Guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he he opened this shop, and basically he sells plants there, but then he has a corner for propagation. It's, I think it's called... Uh, leave a cutting, take a cutting corner or something like this. Uh, and basically people go to the store, they bring their own propagations, they can leave it on the table and then they can take another one. So it's kind of like a swapping kind of thing. And it's really nice because it brings the community to learn more about different plants that they may not have. Another thing that is really cool about it is that sometimes... Some plants are very expensive, so some people may not be able to afford them, but then a cutting is actually better because it's just a small cutting. So people can just learn about the plant and have the opportunity to actually get that plant for them as well. So yeah, I think it's really beautiful um, in the shop. But I'm sure that uh if you if you're if you guys are interested in participating in this kind of swapping uh plants or cuttings, there are many <laughs> groups on Facebook <laughs> or other social media platforms. Where you can find people that want to swap their plants. For example, here in Berlin, we have a group. It's called "Let's Talk About Plants, Baby, Berlin," <laughs> and they, I think, they have monthly like they have monthly uh, swap parties. So we uh, we just bring a cutting to a park and then we just swap with the community. So I encourage you to look for those because it's really nice. First, you get another plant, but also you get to you get to share your love for plants with the community like the local community and you meet other people that are interested in
1: plants so it's really nice so this sounds, Lucia, like um, if I were to be part of a club like that, a local club, and I'm swapping cuttings, then I can ask that other person, like, do you have any tips for caring for this particular plant? Because they'll know the temperament of that plant, the personality in a way of that plant. And so that way I can learn a little bit more. And, um, and then you just come together with like-minded people. I think that's such a great idea and I really enjoyed that video that you did with the crazy plant guy. I saw it and I thought imagine walking into a, a place where every wall is covered with plants. How beautiful is that? Um so there's the other thing that I wanted to mention is that you have a guide and I and I did the the guide it's like a little short course. Um and it was so well put together, we could tell our listeners what it consists of. I think of you as a teacher, and you do have a background in that. And so do I. So when I started my YouTube channel, but also my my podcast, uh, my idea was to help educate my listeners about healthy ways of living. And so I do think a lot like as if I'm putting together a curriculum, What like what topics have I not covered? Who are the best people to cover? <laughs> This topic, so I am still a teacher by nature. Um, and you showed a little bit in one of your videos uh, when you were working with children. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your background in teaching and how you take that approach now with um, with your YouTube channel and your followers?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I used to teach Spanish mostly to children and also adults in the Czech Republic. And I used to love it, uh, because I think it's such a beautiful job. no. I mean uh, you you get to learn more like you get to learn about how people learn, basically. So as a teacher, I, I remember that my students would be different learners. Some people learn more uh, just talking, like speaking the language. other people learn more if they are writing or listening, or different methods that I could use for specific students. So that was really, really, really nice and very fun for me. Um, So yeah, now with my channel, I do the same. Uh, I try to do it very interactive. So for example, if I get comments in my videos, I try to answer most of them and see what people are asking, like the questions that they have, if the videos can be made uh, differently so it's easier for them to follow. I look at the feedback from my viewers and I try to create my videos, thinking about that, really having that in mind. And it's so nice that you can actually bring that teaching experience uh, to different parts of your life. So now, for example, I'm actually showing my viewers and the community uh, the things that I'm learning about plants, because of course, I started as a beginner as well, and I'm still learning. And it's just so nice to share that with the community and bring that teaching experience to the channel. So
1: yeah I, I really like that For I knew you had a teaching background when I started watching your videos I thought of you as a teacher um, <laughs> with your glasses and your books and and I' and I should add that you're young <laughs> you're a younger youtuber but at the same time you remind me of like athea like someone who I can't wait to see what she's gonna teach me today someone who's fun and lively and yes I can see the the teacher in you um, so, you've taken these years, the over two years of experience, probably more in, in caring for plants, and you've created a short little guide that people can take. Um, It's a paid course. Well, I call it a course because I'm a teacher, but you can, but you could tell us more about what that is. But I think it's perfect for people like myself who are understanding how to care for plants do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what they can find if they want to take this guide
0: yes of course
1: um this guide actually was something that i decided to
0: create because i was getting so many questions about a specific topic which was light for plants so and this is this is actually really important because actually I think in my in my opinion light is one of the most important factors when it comes to plant growth and plant care because of course light is used by the plants to power photosynthesis which then is used to to grow right for their growth so it's very important that we understand that and also I think that the more I understood light the more I felt that I understood my plants and the more I knew, okay, so this day she's going to be happy <laughs> for it because she had sunlight, right? So it was really nice. So in this in this guide, what I do is explain um, the basics about natural light for plants. So for example, what kind of light do they need? Also, I saw that as a plant beginner, uh, sometimes when we look at the little tags when we buy the plants, is like a mini sunlight. Uh, sorry, it has like the the small picture of a sun, so direct sun or indirect light or medium versus bright light. And sometimes these these terms are so confusing. Like we don't know exactly what it means to be to be giving them direct light or indirect light or medium light. Like what's the difference between those terms? So in this course, that's what I do. I go over these terms, like what we actually define what they mean, and we sh- we. Uh, I just showed my viewers exactly how to provide this light. Uh, another thing that we go over there is um, how to measure that light. Which I think when I when I when I learned how to measure light for my plants, it really changed my my experience with them because I I could actually understand like what how much light they get because the way that plants look at light is very different than the way that we perceive light. And once we understand it, it's almost like we learn their language in a way. So I think that's really, really cool. Uh, and then, and then I also talk about grow lights because this is another topic that in the winter, at least for for people that live in cities like me in Berlin or in the Northern Hemisphere, where we, when we have winter, we don't get so much light. Um, so then, grow lights become very important. But it's a very complex topic and sometimes really intimidating. But then once you understand it, it actually is not so difficult. But we just have to see what are our options and understand exactly what kind of light our plants need. And then we can really easily decide which grow light is the best for us and for our plants. So these are the topics that I go over in the guide. And I really like it because people also get to talk to me. So if they have any questions or anything like that, it's very interactive, which I love because then I know how I can help them. Some people may be more. They, they may be more comfortable with video. So then we can even have a video chat. Some people may be more comfortable with audio or even written. So I really like that we have those options too in the course. So yeah, I, I really like it. And if you guys have any questions, you can always contact me and I can tell
1: you more about it for sure. So
0: the Life
1: or House Plans 101 is a paid guide. Um, but I'll tell you what, after I went through all of it, I now have sort of a plan of how I need to arrange my home to better care for my plants because I didn't know about the lighting depending on the hemisphere where you live and also the windows. So now I know that I might have to put some little shelves up where I can add my plants. And um, and also because I'm going to start my microgreens again. And I only knew of, of using grow lights with for example, microgreens to eat them, I never thought about using grow lights for just regular plants. And then you talk about a light meter, which was fascinating to me. And what you just said about understanding how the plants receive light is so important, as opposed to how we perceive the light. Uh, So it's absolutely beneficial the way that you teach it, I thought it was so well put together, it all makes sense to me. And you put in their information that I, I like I said, I'm a newbie, so all of it is very useful. What's the best way for people to learn about your guide?
0: Well, I do have a website for the guide. Uh, I think, I mean, I think it's best to put it in the description. We will add a link to your guide. Okay, this guide is very comprehensive of, on light for house plants well, light for plants. Um, but then if you want to learn a little bit more before investing in the guide, I also have a playlist on my YouTube channel, where you can learn about natural light and then I also talk about grow lights. So if you want an introduction to the guide and see what you could learn after, I think
1: I would recommend that you can, I mean, I would say that you could also start there. Mm That's great. Another thing that I learned about you, uh, in terms of the content on your YouTube channel, Lucia, uh, which I thought was awesome is how you take into consideration the environment. So there is a part of you that is very much like an environmentalist in terms of knowing that there is a footprint when it comes to plants that we bring into our home. So I was mentioning that you have like an entire video of the footprint, the carbon footprint of a house plant. And you cover some of the concerns that people have. It's so well put together. But if you want to talk about a little bit of, of what you cover in the video, you cover everything from the use of water to how far some plants travel in the world to get to our households you talk about peat moss you talk about those liners those plastic containers as some of our plants come in and I just thought that was such I mean everything you offer is very educational but for people that may be resisting having houseplants because they're like no I don't want to you know harm the environment Um, what can you tell us about that? When I started uh, taking care of plants, I started thinking more about
0: this because you start really having a relationship with them and then you see that they're so, I mean, they are living beings just like the other plants that are outside, right? In our planet. So, I mean, when we have plants in our homes, it's a beautiful thing and it also has a carbon footprint. So there are ways that we can Be conscious about this and just reduce that carbon footprint. So I did my research on this and I found different points that I found really interesting. For example, I learned about plant miles. So plant miles are basically the miles that your plant travels from the the greenhouse to the nursery shop, like to the plant nursery where you buy the plant. Now, this can actually the transportation of the plants and also the packaging can have a carbon footprint. Of course, some people argue that it's not such a big carbon footprint because plants are actually shipped by like many of them are shipped together, right? So maybe the, hard, the carbon footprint are not is not going to be very high per plant. But just in case, if you want to reduce that carbon footprint, there are different ways that you can do so. For example, instead of buying a new plant in the shop. You can use propagation, as we talked before, so then you can actually grow your collection by actually using your same plants and just propagating your plants. Another way, of course, is plant swapping, so the same as we talked before, getting to know your local communities and getting together with other people and just interchanging your plants, and I think that's such a beautiful thing, (laughs) so that can be another, another way. So another thing that we can consider is uh, the pots. So you can find pots in different materials. For example, you have plastic pots or terracotta or ceramics. So um, as we know, plastic takes a long time to disintegrate. um, And it can be a material that is hard to recycle as well, especially I learned with black pots. It can be very, depending on the on the method that you use to recycle the pots, it can be very hard to recycle, especially with black pots, because sometimes they use this, um, this method where a light has to beam back, but when it's a black pot, it's actually not so easy for the light to beam back in the machine. So then these black pots can be just waste, like they go to waste, right? If you want to uh, reduce your carbon footprint with this, uh there are ways to do it as well, for example, getting uh terracotta pots that could be one way. If you have plastic pots that's okay. I mean, we know that in many. Uh, plant nurseries, we get the plants in plastic pots, but you can reuse them. Uh, I know, for example, for our, for us in the house, we have plastic pots. And then when we have to repot our plants, we save the pots and then we, we use them for other plants. So that can be one way. Another thing that is really cool that I know that some shops do here in Berlin, and I'm sure that in other uh, cities, they do it as well, is that some local plant shops actually receive some of the plastic pots that you have so you can actually bring them back and they use them for other plants. So that's really cool we can just go like you can go and ask in the local shop and I think that's really nice. Of course I, I for example here in Berlin with my shop what we have to do is we have to just really clean them just in case we had some pest or something like that so that also helps the shop with preventing pest infestation so that's good to also keep in mind. but yeah I think that's that's one thing that we can do with the pots. Another thing that I found when I was researching about this was potting mix. So, and I didn't know about this, but a lot of many of the potting mixes that we buy contain peat moss, and peat moss is a fossil fuel that takes years to make, like thousands of years to make. Uh, so, then it's not so sustainable to use peat moss in our in our soil. And so, I thought, okay, maybe there is another alternative for this. And I found different materials that you can use. So first, the first option is actually just go for local shops and see if they if they sell peat moss-free uh, plants. And yeah, there are actually many shops around the world that sell these kind of plants. So they don't use peat moss in the soil for their plants, which I think is really nice. Another thing that, that I found that I actually practiced myself and I love it is to make your own potting mix. Um, so then, first of all, I can tell you it's super nice. talking about. Just being like giving yourself that self love and self care. I love making my own potting mix because it makes me so calm. It's so nice, actually. I actually play some music and I make it myself. It's really, really nice. You just, I don't know about you, but I really like to get my hands dirty with the soil. So it's really nice, and yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So I love that, and also I really like it because I know exactly what I'm putting in the soil for my plants. So instead of peat moss, I actually use coconut coir. Uh, coconut coir comes with its own problems as well, but I find it as a good alternative because it's a very it's a renewable renewable source. Um, so yeah, I really like it. And yeah, so it's a very good material because it serves the purpose of Uh, retaining the moisture in the soil, but it's a renewable source. So I really like using that one. Um, And the last thing that I found was actually watering because if you're like me and have many plants, like 100 plants, then you're going to use a lot of water. But we want to save as much water as possible when we water our plants. Uh, And there are ways to do this. For example, some people actually collect rainwater I actually live in an apartment here in Berlin, so it's hard for me to do this. But if you live in a in a house and you have a garden or something like this, you can actually there are actually systems to do this, and you can find uh, barrels that actually collect rainwater for your plants, which I think is really cool. But if you live in a in an apartment like me, you can do other things. For example, you can actually use some method of watering that saves water. This one is in my in my experience, bottom watering really helps me do that. So the way that it works is you have a container and then you add water to this container and then you submerge your plant in the water. And what I love about this is that after you're done submerging your plant, you take it out and then you can use the same water for another plant. So then you're actually using the same water for many of your plants, which is very good in in terms of saving water. So I would recommend this method. And I find that this method is also really great for my plants in terms of (laughs) preventing fungus gnats, which is a very common (laughs) pest in the plants. And they're very annoying Is these little flies are are flying around your face. And they actually like to uh, lay their eggs in moist soil. So when you bottom water your plants, the water stays in the bottom part of the soil and not on the top. So then that prevents the fungus gnats from laying eggs. So that's like, that's really great because then you're saving water, but you're also preventing a very annoying (laughs) plant pest, which is really good.
1: Well, I definitely understand infestation because it happened to us when we had our whole hydroponic system. Um, And again, I like the approach that you take uh, of taking into consideration the environment. That is so important. You also give, so along with all those tips of just reducing our carbon footprint, you also teach people how to do a vegan fertilizer. And I thought that was so cool for two reasons. It's vegan, it's more organic, the approach uh, at least. And I understood um, once I got into growing microgreens and just the, um, cause we do the DWC where you put them in the containers. And I guess it's like bottom watering, um, with artificial lights. Um, but then when we learned that the fertilizer itself can be very harmful to the environment, uh, that, then we were like, okay, that means that with our control system, we're not using as much fertilizer. Um, but to, anyway, so I like that you take the approach of using the scraps from the vegetables that we consume. And then you have a system where you then use those to create a, a kind of a more natural fertilizer for your plants. So it's, I, you just kind of find a beautiful approach to keeping it all just very sustainable and earth friendly. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The,
0: the I actually learned that from to making just broth from uh, vegetable scraps.
1: But yeah, it's also really good for fertilizer. So that's really nice. <laughs> and that's perfect. Um, okay, so I could ask you so many other questions. I mean, um, I, but there, I have two last ones, uh, two more questions. One of them is, um, what are the reasons people just give up? in terms of really caring for plants? Because I think most people, if we didn't have to care for them, we would say, yeah, bring in some, you know, tall plants and some ivy and banana trees and bring in everything. I would love them as long as I don't have to be the one to take care of them. So what are the reasons that people give up for caring for plants?
0: Yeah that's a great question uh because I have many friends here in Berlin that they tell me you know what I had a plant and I just gave up because I keep killing them and uh, yeah so I think that's the first uh reason that people give gave up on plants that they think that they don't have a green thumb and because they kill plants right um but I actually I don't I don't believe in the green thumb idea I tell my friends no there is not such a thing because I feel that a plant, when you start taking care of a plant, it's like a relationship, right? So when you start uh, getting to know a person, it takes time, it takes patience, it, and then you you may have a problem with that person and then you resolve it. So it's kind of like that with a plant. I see it the same. Um, so I feel that sometimes people think that they have a plant and if, they, if it dies, that means that they're horrible at plants and that's it. But no, I think, uh, as we said in the beginning, I think it also depends on so many other things, for example, environmental conditions and all of this. And sometimes you go to the shop and you're like, okay, so I'm going to get this one because it's supposed to be an easy plant, but then in your house it doesn't do so well and you think that it may be because of you. But sometimes you may be doing the right things and it's just about maybe the sunlight is not, it's not good enough for the plant. So it has nothing to do with the care that you're giving her. Um, so I think I always try to encourage my community in Plants and Lucia that if you kill a plant, that's okay. I mean, of course, we want to we want to see them thrive. But if you kill a plant, it doesn't mean that you are horrible at taking care of plants. It's just that maybe that plant was not the best one for the space that you were in, right? Uh, and actually, uh, that takes me to one thing that I was thinking about, like common questions and common problems that I get from from the community sometimes when they ask me, so they tell me, for example, oh, my, the leaves in my plant are brown or is my plant is droopy or yellow leaves. And, you know, I think that one thing that I noticed, in even in myself when I started taking care of plants, is that, you know, we we live in a world with Google, right? So we go to Google and we, <laughs> we look for an instant answer, right? And if we don't know it, it's like we are failures or something like this. But I think that is so beautiful about plants that it's not, plants are not like this, right? They teach us that, you know what? You're not going to have an instant answer. It's not going to be one, like in one day you're going to know. Maybe you're going to get a plant that gets brown leaves and then you save her. And then again, it gets brown leaves again and you're like, okay, but why? So, <laughs> okay, I can tell you a story actually. I have this plant here. It's, this one is a calathea And this one is a difficult plant, at least in my experience, has been pretty difficult for me. And I can say that I, with this plant, um, I think three times I almost killed it. And I didn't know what was (laughs) happening. (laughs) So I I kept trying. It was like trial and error. (laughs) Finally, it's happy now. But I can say that now this plant is so close to my heart because I had to really observe her and see what was happening with her. And it was okay. I mean, I my this plant really, it almost died three times on me. And it was just about observing and trying to learn a little bit more about her. And I think it's so beautiful that they remind us that in a world that we want everything so instant. Uh, and if something goes wrong, I can say it's usually my, uh, about myself. I am like that too. Then I'm like, oh my God, no. So it's not working, Right. But uh, but then maybe they're going to surprise us and they're going to get better. And maybe it's not it's not about us. Maybe it's about the sunlight or something else. Right. So I think it's so much fun to actually learn that with them, to be patient, to be observant and just go day by day. And it's okay if it's not thriving. It's okay because it's another opportunity to
1: learn from them. So, yeah, that's how I see it now. That's a beautiful message. I'm so glad that you said that, Lucia, because I do sometimes feel like a failure when my plants die. I didn't mean to kill you or hurt you. Um, But we, I feel like a lot of us do um, internalize it because we're, uh, I don't know, It's, it's like who teaches us to care for plants? If we're not raised in that environment or have someone to model that for us, how do we know how to care for plants? So that's so beautiful. See, that's why I like following you. And I'm now part of your group. I just joined. Um, And also the other question that I had for you, because I I, I talk a lot, um, is I wonder how much time you spend... Doing research because I know you're over two years in doing all of this work, not only learning the plants, but also as a creator on YouTube. Has it become easier for you as a um, plant enthusiast and YouTuber, or are you still spending a lot of time researching your plants?
0: In the beginning, I think it was more hours for sure because I was just learning and trying to figure it out. And again, I think. I was also trying to get a lot of instant answers, so it was really difficult for me. Um, Now I think it takes time, but I think and okay, I know maybe this is gonna this is gonna sound cheesy, but uh, I think my plans have have taught me to to be more patient with my time as well. So sometimes I like. I look at the hours that I'm working, but then I also try to listen to myself, just like the plants do, and see how I feel. And then uh, I kind of do a schedule where I also take care of myself and I research for my plants, but when I actually, uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, And I think that has been really important now because it feels like it's less hours. Maybe I'm working more because I'm doing more content, but because I enjoy it so much and I kind of listen to myself, just like the plants do, uh, I try to listen to my senses in a way. Uh, It feels like less hours. (laughs) So I think that's really nice. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that will be one thing that I have learned in the last three years, and I'm so grateful to my plants for that.
1: So it does get a little easier. Um, well, at least for you, because this is... This is what you're doing is full time. It's been so wonderful, um, getting to know you and learning from you. And I encourage everyone to go visit, uh, Lucia, at her uh, her YouTube channel, Plants and Lucia. Um, and again, can you tell us, um, how can how can people learn more about you and if they want to join your group?
0: Yeah. Um. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me here, and thank you so much for the to the listeners for listening. <laughs> It's been so nice to be here. Um, Yeah, so as I said, like I have a YouTube channel. It's Plants and Lucia. In this channel, uh, we talk a lot about plant care and sustainability and plant care tips. Then we have another community on Patreon. And this one is a little bit different. It's still about plant care, but we also talk about... Um, a bit deeper topics. So we talk about our relationship with nature and how we can get closer to the planet through plant care. We're also just getting a little bit closer to nature, basically. So, for example, we we, we don't talk about forest bathing yet, but something like this, so going out, going out, uh, enjoying the nature around you, being present with your plants at home. So I really love that community. And yeah, if you're interested, you can also always message me. You can also find me there. We have a book club there too, where we talk about nature and it's really beautiful. I love that community. Then I also have an Instagram account. If you want to follow me there, I I do short videos there. So it's, it's a little bit shorter content. Like it's a um, yeah, short form content is called. So basically we have short videos there that talk about tips about plants. And I also talk a little bit more about my personal journey as a content creator. So if you're interested on, in that, then you can follow me there as well. But yeah, I'm here. You can. Uh, I also have an email in case you have any questions. It's hi at plantsandlucia.com. And yeah, you can always contact me there,
1: and we can start our conversation there too. Everybody, follow uh, Lucia, and I love how your channel is plants and Lucia. (laughs) I love how you put them first. It's so beautiful. (laughs) If you'd like to share anything else, please feel free. Okay, uh,
0: yeah, I I mean, one thing that I would like to tell you is I want to share that you know, after taking for taking care of plants uh, for about three years now. One thing, I think the most important thing that I've learned from them is to really listen to my senses and really try to ask myself, how do I feel and what do I need at this moment? And kind of like get out of my mind and just listen to what I'm feeling. And I think that's so beautiful. So I hope that, um, yeah, I mean, I hope that I can share that with you because it has changed my life. And just go day by day. And yeah, I'm sending positive energy to you. And thank you so much for listening.
1: Thank you again. (laughs) You really have added so much to um, my podcast by sharing even this, because that's what we're about. Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Mm -hmm. and plants have a lot that they can add to our lives. Thank you, Lucia. Thank you so much, Maya. It was so nice to be here. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts that helps us to spread our message. You can also head on over to podinbox.com forward slash HLS to leave me a voicemail. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, thank you for listening.